And the title of the message today is The Failings of Success. And maybe you're sitting there and you're, you're thinking about what is success. And if we look at it from a, from a society perspective, it can mean many things. It can mean, you know, having a, a great career. It can mean having a house full of furniture and lots of expensive things. It can mean having a long-standing, well-known reputation that people respect you and they honor you. You know, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And so I just want to take a moment to look at this scripture verse because we're spending some time over the last couple of weeks and, we're, and we've been talking about the heart of a servant and what it means to serve. And here's what I know. When we trust God, when we serve him, when we follow his plan, God prospers us. Do you know that? And so that prospering, you know, God's uh, growing us for an intended purpose. And so we're seeing it in, the, in, in, in others coming and joining with us and, and, uh, and being a part of the open door. And, and I believe that we have a heart to serve. We have a heart to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I spoke a few weeks ago, we've been fashioned and shaped by God. We've been given all these gifts, talents, and abilities. And he gives us the spiritual gifts and he leads, guides, and directs us. And God empowers us to be able to do the good work. And as we go and, and do it, there are some things that's going to happen. We're going to see the prospering of God when we're being faithful to him, when we're trusting him. And if we're not careful, that, faith, that, that prospering, you know, anybody ever had a bunch of money in your pocket? Maybe you had, you know, somebody gave you $100 or gave you $200, and, and did it feel like your hand was burning? Because you started thinking about all the things you could buy with that money, right? And you would just, your mind started running, and, and soon after you forgot the one that gave it to you, you were just thinking about that iPod for us older people. Or maybe I go a little bit farther back in the 8-track tape or the cassettes. And maybe you were one of those guys or, or, or ladies that would go to the to the music store and you would spend a couple of hours just flipping through the vinyl tapes and, and, and looking at what you were going to get. And maybe now you get online and you start looking and you're so excited about that thing, that success of having that thing and forget about the one who provided it. And so as we serve God, I so believe that as he prospers us and gives us success, that our worship should always be to him and not on any other thing. That we don't worship what we do here. We don't worship our ministries. We don't worship our church, but we worship God because he is the object of our affection. He's worthy of our praise. Just as the songs as we sung today, now I surrender, that we would surrender all things to him. And so if you're there in Second Chronicles, the 26th chapter, verse 4 and 5, we're going to be looking at the life of King Uzziah. I think it gives us a, a great illustration of this title, The Failings of Success. And it reads in verse 4 and 5, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, 
according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this time that we have today. Lord, speak to our heart in a new way. Remind us of the importance to seek your face, to worship your holy name, to trust you, Father, and allow you to be our success, that we prosper in you. And so, Father, do a great work in us today. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. And so what we're seeing here as we look at this this chapter and this passage of Scripture, King Uzziah at the age of 16 has now become the king of Jerusalem, the king of the Israelites. And so think about that. We have a couple of young people here today and sitting in membership class with Christian, and Christian was so excited about when he turned 16, he get to become a full member of the open door. And so, you know, that there's a responsibility and a calling even with membership. But think about King Uzziah at 16, at the very age that Christian came to me at least twice, and I know he was, he was bugging his parents even more. He said, when can I become a member? And we kept saying, wait, Christian, there's going to be a, when you turn 16, that's the time. And so we see in the scriptures that King Uzziah became the king of the entire nation of Israel at 16 years old. And the scriptures tell us some things that we see here. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. What it's saying is that he followed God. And even though he was 16, God ordered his steps. God blessed his life. God caused him to prosper. Because it goes a little bit farther and it says, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Amen? As we're seeking God's face. And so much so that King Uzziah was the king of Israel for 50 years. Two years, one of the longest reigning kings of the nation of Israel. And he started at the humble age of 16. And so it's so important that we take a look at that word prosper and we examine it a little bit and we get in touch with what God's plan to prosper us truly and really is. See, in our everyday thinking, when we hear that word, we can think, that we succeed in, in, in material and in natural terms. We're financially successful. We flourish physically. We grow strong and we're healthy. And even in the Arabic, it means to make successful. But when we look in that word in the Greek literal meaning of it, it means to keep on the road or to succeed in reaching. See, God is prospering us to keep us on the road, that we would succeed in reaching for him and reaching the plans and the purposes that he has for us. 
and that we will be kept along the journey. He's, he's going to make our way straight. He's going to keep us in the midnight hour. He's going to cause a devourer to be rebuked in our lives so that we would stay on the road of following him, of trusting him. See, it, it is very clear from this definition of prosperity that it's more than money and that it's more than accumulating wealth, but rather an ongoing state of success. See, a state of following him, of being successful in our relationship, of being in touch with God, moving and breathing in our lives and ordering our steps. That as we wake in the morning, because maybe you, like me, have gotten perplexed by the scripture that says pray without ceasing. You ever been there? I can't pray every moment. See, what it's saying is that our thoughts would always be on him. That it wouldn't be on our abilities, but it would be on his abilities. That it wouldn't be on our wealth, but it would be on his wealth. That it wouldn't be on our way, but his way. And so that we're giving him praise and honor and glory. We're seeing God operating every day in our lives. That we're able to sing that song, if it wasn't for God, where would I be? See, just think about Delta. See, the intent of Delta was to steal, kill, and destroy. But God in his infinite wisdom, calmed the storm. See, he brought it down to where it just knocked down a few trees and branches, maybe at your place and mine. See, there are so many things that are trying to kill, steal, and destroy, like Jesus said. But he said, but I come that you might have life and life more abundantly, John 10, 10. So that we would have a life that is abundantly full in our relationship with him. That it wouldn't just be abundantly full with a bunch of stuff. Because I was reading an article this past week. It was talking about success. And it says that inside of man is this innate desire to be uncontent. That we can see the goal and we'll try to meet the goal. We'll try to get there. And immediately when we get there, we think that's the thing that's going to make us satisfied, that's going to make us successful, that's going to make us feel good. And we get there, our inward being immediately adjusts us. And we become unsatisfied and wanting the next. And it's a vicious cycle over and over and over again. And so that our success should always be in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our prospering in him where all others fail, he is sure. So what's success according to God? Let's just look at what Jesus said. In Luke, the ninth chapter, the 26th through the 28th verse, the disciples were arguing about who is the greatest. You ever been there? (laughs) 
<laughs> you ever been on that, on that track or on that football field or basketball or volleyball, whatever yours is, and you told your friend you was better than them? You've been there. Maybe you were kind of like me, a better talker than you were a player. And you would talk up a good game and you would let them know how great you were. See, the disciples were doing that as well. They were trying to figure out success. And they asked the question, who is the greatest? And Jesus' response was, the least among you is the greatest. One that in our natural understanding, in our natural eyes, we wouldn't look at and think that, that there was very much going on. But because they were willing to be humble and willing to serve and willing to trust God, the least among you would be the greatest. Well, there's also another example of this, this, this desiring to be great, this desiring to be successful in man's eyes, and we see it in Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse 27. See, there's a similar argument occurring in Luke 22. Which of them was to be regarded as the greatest? So look at this a little bit. In Luke 9, they were arguing over who is the greatest? What have I already done? What's my accomplishments? What's my resume? What's my SV that shows all of these things? And then in Luke 22, they were arguing over who was to be the greatest. From a future tense. And Jesus responded by saying, rather the greatest among you must become like the youngest and a leader like one who serves. And so whether we're still holding to what we've already done or whether we're holding to what the future may hold, Christ is speaking to our heart and he's saying success is in trusting him following him. See, the Bible reminds us that he made of himself no reputation. He wasn't patting himself on the back. He wasn't trying to bring his own kingdom in the sense of worldly kingdom. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. And it's so important that we understand that, too, that our kingdom is not of this world. So as we're seeking God as our source, we must make him our success story. See, this, this, this story that we see in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 26 gives us a defining view of what it means to seek God, to trust him, to not get caught up in the affairs of this world and not even get caught up in the affairs of our church. Saints of God, we don't want to just be, we don't want to be church people. We want to be God's people.
See, back to King Uzziah, who is made king at a very young age. The Bible says he did what was right in the sight of God. He sought God. And God made him to prosper, to have success. God helped him. And I want you to know that God wants to help you and I as we serve him, as we seek him, as we trust him, he will prosper us. So as we look at King Uzziah's life, we see a calling and a purpose on him that God gave him favor. In verse 6 and 7 of chapter 26, we see that God helped him lead the people of Israel. God called him to defeat the ancient enemies of Israel. The Bible says they warred against the Philistines and that he gave them two major cities by the name of Gath and Jebneth. That, their wall, that he defeated the cities and built up walls and they came a part of the kingdom of Israel. So God helped him to lead the Israelites. God also helped him to provide. In verse 10, we see that he had a love for farming and caring and cultivating and breeding crops and animals. So much so that he digged many wells. And the Bible says, for he loved husbandry. In other words, he loved cultivating the ground and creating vines for, the, for, group, for fruit and, and grapes to grow on. And so God helped him to provide for his people. That they would have a harvest when it was time. And then God also helped him to invent. That he was an inventor. That God prospered him as we look at verse 15 of 2 Chronicles 26. And he made in Jerusalem in engines. Have you ever seen that in the Bible before? He made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks, to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And that's where we have catapults coming. And machines that are able to shoot arrows. So God gave him and others in an inventive mind. They made in Jerusalem these weapons that could defeat any army. So the question of you, is this what you expect from God? Do you expect God to grow you in a leadership manner to lead others? Do you expect God to help you provide, meet the need? Do you expect God to help you and have an innovative mind to think outside the box, to come up with some things that most of us would probably say yes? Do 
that I'm trusting God for all of those things. I expect Him to show me, to teach me, to grow me. But the other question is, if we have that expectation, are we seeking Him? Are we seeking and sitting at His feet? Are we serving Him? Are we allowing Him to speak into our lives and give us a godly understanding of prospering in this world? Are we taking these gifts, talents, and abilities, these things that God is doing, and using them for our own good? With no thought of his intended purpose. See, look a little closer at verse 15 with me. It says this, and he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad. See, that's talking about Uzziah's name spreading far and abroad. For he was marvelously helped. See, God helped him. See, we can have an expectation of God helping us. And if we trust him and we follow him, he will surely, the Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But look what happens next. Till he was strong. See, there's something that happened there. There's something within the heart of Uzziah, this young man that trusted God, that sought God, that followed God, and that God prospered and gave him great success. So much so that his name spread abroad, and many people knew his name and knew what he was doing, but he was marvelously helped. Till he was strong. See, success was not immediately placed upon the Lord. And we don't, if we don't give all of our success, of all of our accolades, of all of our strength to the Lord, we're operating in our own strength. See, success is not immediately placed on the Lord because there is a consciousness of rights and perks that set in. I wonder, want you to hold on to that. That Uzziah developed a consciousness of rights and perks. And there was a subtle shift in the focus of his worship from God to himself. Maybe he said, my army, or my people, or my inventions, 
Maybe he said, my ministry, my programs, my church, my house. And that subtle shift moves from giving God glory to giving us glory. See, Dallas Willard stated in his book, The Great Omission, that nothing fails like Success. Nothing fails like success. And if we're not careful, that shift can happen in each and every one of our lives. That maybe somebody pat us on the back one or two times, and before you know it, we start drinking the Kool-Aid. And we start thinking it's all about us. And that we're doing the work instead of the work being done in and through us. But see, I don't want to discourage you with those words. I want you to know that we have a life purpose. But our life's purpose is to seek God and to make him our success. To make him our success story, which causes us to prosper. That if every other word out of our mouth is, look what the Lord has done, we will prosper. If our mind is stayed on him, we will prosper. If we're seeking to know more from him, we will prosper. If we're sitting at his feet and trusting him, we will prosper. But when we leave the fundamental principles of worshiping, God and begin to worship success and prosperity in our life, we truly fail. See, that's why the Bible reminds us to walk circumspectly. That word means to walk carefully, discerningly. That yes, good things in our life can, can have such a great purpose but it's also important for us to be careful, to put it in the right place. To don't get so content with all the good things we have, but they've been given to us for a divine purpose. So we're reminded to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not ours. To trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not into our own understanding. But in all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our path. So the results of success that fails. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 26 verse 16 through 19. I just want to read that with you to see what happens with King Uzziah. It says in verse 16, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God. He went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. Azariah, the priest, went in after him. And with him fourscore priests of the Lord, 
that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah, the king, and said unto him, It apprehendeth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priest of the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast transgressed. Neither shall it be from thine honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was wroth and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. So we see a couple things here. The first thing we see that his heart was lifted up to his destruction. See, saints of God, when, we, when our heart gets lifted up, when we think it's all about us, it's not others' destruction, which that can be the fallout, but it starts to be our destruction. When we take our eyes off of God, when we stop making him our source and giving him the praise and honor and glory, we're lifted up to destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense. So there was a couple things that we see here. The first one is, what caused Uzziah to fail in several key areas of his life? The first one was that he didn't resist the knowledge of man. He thought he knew better. His heart was lifted up to his destruction. He started having some thoughts and some imaginations that he was doing the work instead of God. See, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we got to grab our minds. Don't let it talk us into destruction. Bring those thoughts into captivity. And say, no, it's not me. It's in you I move and breathe and have my being. The other cause that we see here with King Uzziah is that he refused to stay humble. See that burning of incense. First it was him putting his own thought, but then he wasn't willing to be humble. See, it wasn't his place. God had given that to the lineage of Aaron, to the Levites that they were priests and they were to be consecrated, set apart for that very work. And he walked in there because he was king and thought he had a right, perks and privileges, to now do something that God didn't tell him to do. And if we're not careful, we can be the same way. We can overstep ourselves, overstep our bounds. 
And maybe God has said that we do this, this much. And don't try to control, but wait on him. Let him do the next step. Maybe that's with our family members. Maybe that's with someone that we know that, you know, have you ever been accused of being overbearing? Don't look at your wife. Don't look at your husband. Have you ever been accused of overstepping? See, the Bible reminds us that God says, one plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. And so that we be willing to wait through the process. And so Uzziah took it upon himself to go into the altar of God and do what he was not supposed to be doing. And so we see when the, when the priest came to him and told him that this is to be consecrated, that this is for the priest to do, that he needed to leave the sanctuary, that he had, he had overstepped his bounds, that King Uzziah was rocked. In other words, he got angry. He didn't re receive the correction, the third point. He refused to accept correction. And saints of God are part of that prospering that God has for us to keep us along the journey, to keep us on the path, is that we would be willing to receive correction. Because he keeps the path straight, not us. He orders our steps, not us. And so we allow him to correct us through his word, through his Holy Spirit, through others, so that we would prosper, so that we would stay on the path that God has for us, that we wouldn't resist his knowledge and exalt our knowledge above the knowledge, of, above God's knowledge, that we would stay humble and that we would stay in our place, stay humble enough to wait on God's timing. No matter what it looks like. And that we would receive correction. So that our path would be straight. See our success in, in Christ. Is following him. To seek him. And we can look at King Uzziah. We can say. For many years. He did exactly what God wanted him to do. And then. There was a little. Shifting. A little subtle movement. Away from God's plan. The Bible reminds us. That the devil comes. And he. To sift us like wheat. See, that sifting is not a violent shake. It's a slow, just shaking it to where a little bit of the grains fall off. And before you know it, 
there's more I coming out than you, Lord. And our own success is met with destruction. Instead of the prospering that he has for us, that has an expected end. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you hope and a future. To give you an expected end. To give you a reward for following me all the way. Saints of God, trust him. Lean not to your own understanding. As we go forward, God's going to do great and marvelous and wonderful things. And so our worship is always to him and not to the things that we're doing. We give him the glory and honor and praise that he so richly deserves. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's worthy.